Welcome back to the Miss the Pod. Before I get to the episode, I just wanted to share a bit with you about Lemis the brand. I created Lemis for personal reasons as I'm a huge candle lover and I started worrying about what I was inhaling with some of the more luxe brands and even some of the just like more, you know, cute little um like artisanal brands. You just never know what's in something until you start doing your research. And so I did, and I started playing around with essential oils and learning more about aromatherapy, and thus began the journey into creating a clean, luxe, sustainable home fragrance brand called La Uh, We launched with four scents, and there are so many more to come. I created this podcast as a way to support the brand, but also to provide you with something beautiful, uplifting, and cozy to listen to while you have your candle lit. So to learn more about the brand, you can head over to www.lamis.com, L-A-M-I-S-C.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram handle, which is um, at La Miss Studio, so L-A-M-I-S-C Studio, and there's so much more to come, but in the meantime, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to La Miss Pod, a podcast featuring creatives, entrepreneurs, and interesting folks doing interesting things. These are real conversations covering topics such as career journey, life challenges and triumphs, romance, self-care, and all the miscellaneous things. Welcome to season two of La Miss the Pod. Um, I'm really excited about our first episode, Natasha Garrett of Rome Vintage. She is the LA-based founder of Rome Vintage. She has successfully turned her love of fashion and interior decor to a beloved brand with an online store as well as a brick and mortar showroom. We chatted with Natasha about her start in Northern California her move to New York City, and now her background in fashion led to launching her own business. This episode covers so much about the entrepreneurial journey and we love everything about her. She has such a distinct point of view and such a creative way of showcasing um, all her finds. Um, She just has also just the best vibe about her, so I'm sure you will love the episode. And here it is. So maybe we should just start off with like where you're currently based, where you're originally from. Yeah. So I am originally from San Francisco, California. I grew up in the city and the surrounding Bay Area. From there, I moved to New York for seven years and now I'm based in LA and I've been here for almost five years. Amazing. And like out of all those cities, which one do you think you gravitate towards more? I think I'm happy right now where I am in LA. I think I love each and every city I've lived in. And I think they've really helped me develop who I am today and my personality and all that stuff. But I'm really happy to be in LA because 
New York is so fun and creative and wild, but also exhausting. And San Francisco mm -hmm. is really beautiful, but it doesn't always feel like it has as much going on. So LA to me feels like this really beautiful middle ground. Yeah, no, for sure. Anytime I go to New York, I'm like, after a week, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like bounce because it just feels so overwhelming to me. Okay. So in terms of, you know, you have this amazing fashion sense and you obviously like love fashion. Where do you think that love came from and where do you get most of your inspiration from? My mom is the number one answer. My mom is like such a creative being and just always super fashionable and she'd always experiment with the way she would dress and the way she would style her homes. Um, she's an interior designer and I grew up, we grew up really like crafty and thrifty and we didn't have a ton of money growing up, but we were always like really trying to play around with how we would style ourselves and our lives and the things around us. So I grew up kind of going to like flea markets and thrift stores and antique stores and garage sales and all these things. And I think just like from a young age, I always, if I wanted to be, you know, stylish or cultivate my own style, I had to be really creative with it. Um, couldn't mm -hmm. just go to a big department store and buy everything there. So I think that actually really helped me develop and hone in on my own personal style. And then when I, I moved to New York when I was 19 and I I went to the Fashion Institute out there. And I think just living in New York for seven years really helped me to understand how to be, you know, an individual in terms of like, you know, when you're in New York, like everyone just really dresses whatever they want to and is super, super creative and bold. And like, I think that that showed me that I could be whatever I wanted to be and I didn't have to be like anyone else. And so, yeah, I think like my whole childhood and then moving to such a big uh, fashion forward city really helped develop my sense of style. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, that's, that's like a good segue into just going over your whole career journey. So you just mentioned like you moved to New York at 19. What, mm -hmm. what did you do once you got there aside from schooling or maybe what happened after schooling? Yeah. So I, I went to school there for four years and then afterwards I started, well, in my last year, I started interning for a big, uh, stylist out there. And then I got hired to work for her full time. So my first year out of college, I was just assisting her in her office. I was going on these crazy shoots for like Italian Vogue and like all these big campaigns and stuff like that. So that was like a huge introductory into the fashion world. And then from there, for the next couple of years, when I was in New York, I was assisting, I, I was a freelance assistant. So I would work with all different kinds of stylists on all sorts of projects, um, big editorial projects, huge campaigns, e-commerce. Like, so I kind of got my you know, toes wet in every part of the fashion world. And then I continued assisting and then um, becoming a lead stylist when I moved out back to California. Okay. So like, at what point did you start creating the Rome Vintage brand? You know, it, it really happened and really organically. And I was not really thinking it would be something I would do full time. I just have always collected vintage clothing for myself. And then I was, you know, as I moved, I think when I was moving back from New York to California, again, I kind of had to downsize. So I started selling a lot of things and I started selling on like Etsy and eBay. Then I realized that people were drawn to the pieces that I had and what I was selling. 
So when I came back to California, I came back to the Bay Area for a year before moving to LA. And my mom at the time had a shop and she, like I said, is an interior designer, but she was also selling a lot of vintage home goods. And she let me set up like a little corner to sell vintage clothing in her shop. And I just kind of grew. Yeah, it was so great. And I just kind of like threw some pieces in there and I wasn't sure if people would like them. And and then people started gravitating towards that. And then I did a few pop-ups there at her shop and people were really excited about it and told me that I should do more of that. And then for the next couple, like next two or three years, I would just kind of do it on the side and started an Instagram and would sell, you know, in my stories or whatnot. And I think really it's been about two years that I've really been taking it seriously. And then Mm -hmm. in the year and a half, kind of towards the, you know, right before the pandemic is when I went full time with it. And, um, and it's been amazing, you know, to be completely devoting all my time to the shop and, and watching it grow and, and, um, you know, starting to really see success from it has been amazing. For sure. And it, okay. So the next question I sort of have is like, you know, you have a very specific point of view in terms of like how you've branded the Rome Vintage brand. So was that something that just like happened organically or have you been like a little bit more strategic about it? I think with my background in styling and working on shoots where you need to like create mood boards and have like, you know, all these references when you're creating something just kind Mm -hmm. of showed me the importance of that in terms of getting your point across. And so I think of my branding and of my Instagram and what have you as kind of that mood board to show people what I'm about, what kind of shapes and silhouettes I'm gravitating towards, what kind of colors, what kind of fabrics, like you know, what my art inspirations are, what my interior design inspirations are. But I think it's also really helpful for me to kind of stay on brand, for lack of a better phrase, um, in terms of what I buy. It just allows me to be really conscious when I'm out there sourcing of what kind of pieces kind of really fit into this whole ethos, which isn't that hard for me to do because it is genuinely just the pieces I'm most attracted to (laughs) overall. Yeah. So did you create a mood board for yourself to reference? Is it like a seasonal thing? Because you have a way of even just the style of photography. I know like you shoot yourself, right? Like in the clothing Mm -hmm. and in a certain style too. Like was that all just out of necessity or did you like, was there a strategy behind that? I'm curious if, if there was planning involved or if it was just sort of like an organic unfolding. I think a lot of it's been out of necessity because... I don't have like a full team of photographers and makeup artists and all that stuff. And I just wanted to get my pieces out there. So I just started shooting everything on myself and like I have modeled before and I still do. So I think it was just like, okay, why not just, it's also most cost effective Mm -hmm. for me to just shoot everything on myself. And just, you know, the, the thing with vintage is that the images really don't last that long because if they're one of a kind pieces, it's not like shooting a lookbook where you have, a large quantity of each item. So those images last a long time. I just needed to do something where I could be consistent with my schedule and just shoot as often as possible. So for me, like it wouldn't really make any sense to continue setting up full photo shoots with a photographer and makeup artists and models 
and shooting things that then go on the website and sell in, you know, a couple of minutes. So I think I just realized that it makes the most sense and is the most cost effective and just easiest for me to do a lot of it just by myself. And I do love working with other people. So I do love doing more editorial lookbook style shoots like once a season. But I think overall, I've just realized it's super easy for me to just do most of it on my own. And I have a photographer come in and shoot with me. Most of the time, it's just myself and my assistant doing all the work. Okay, so in terms of funding the business, was it just like you bootstrapping or like how did you start? Yeah, 100% self-funded, which, you know, is is not easy all the time, but I'm so grateful that I've been able to do it. I think I just started really small getting, you know, when I kind of first started getting in my inventory together, as I had mentioned, I already had collected a lot of pieces over the years. So I just started small with my inventory and kind of only picked pieces that I really knew and believed would sell. And once I started making a bit more money, then I would invest in a little bit larger of an inventory or I'd invest in like, you know, buying like a seamless stand in a backdrop and invest in like my website. And and so it just, it grew really slowly over time and is Mm -hmm. still definitely always growing. But yeah, no grants, loans or anything like that. I've just been kind of doing it all on my own and watching it grow over time. And um, I know you mentioned to me that you're opening a like a showroom, which I find so interesting because like you don't often hear of, especially like in the vintage space, like having a showroom. I think you know, I, I love, loved vintage my whole life and I really see the beauty in buying vintage, but I'm also seeing that people now are starting to appreciate vintage clothing and um, incorporating into their everyday wear and not just like, you know, one or two pieces in their closet. And so my whole goal is to show people that vintage clothing can be really accessible and feel really modern and sophisticated. So I want to create a space that looks and feels like a contemporary showroom has all vintage pieces in it. And so, yeah, so I'm not ready to have a full retail shop, nor do I necessarily think that that's the route that I would want to go down of having Mm -hmm. open like, you know, every day for, you know, 12 to five or whatever like that. But I love the idea of having clients be able to come in and have this like personal shopping experience Mm -hmm. and really cater to that and, you know, hold events as well too and work with other people that I really love, other artists and creatives. And so that's where the idea of the showroom kind of came about. And and not only is it a showroom where people can come shop, but it is also where we will be shooting everything and where we'll be working. So it's kind of acting as a multifaceted space where we can shoot things, where we can package orders, where people can come. Mm-hmm. I can- where is it? Where is it located? Like what area? Yeah. That? So it's in West Adams in Los Angeles. And that is near Culver City area. It's the oh, West yeah. Side. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great neighborhood. I really love it. There's a big art community there and it's really just always changing and expanding super diverse area really really love being there so i'm excited it's good because it's central-ish you yeah know? like it's in between like the west totally. and east side right so yep yep it's really that's awesome okay so in terms of biggest milestones and sort of like challenges and takeaways from starting your own business like what have been some of the most surprising 
things, you know, about running a business and, and all those major ups and downs that like you can recall? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. It's, it's been really full of both ups and downs. I like to kind of like reframe the downs as just really like growth and learning experiences. Mm -hmm. And all of it has been really beneficial to the growth of the company and to my own personal growth. I think some of the major, you know, milestones for me so far as have been like, yeah, creating this space. I'm so excited about that. And I think over the last year, just seeing the success of my business and how much it's grown and how much like my following has increased and my sales have gone up exponentially over the last year. And that's been a really huge milestone. But above that, I think just being able to be fully my own boss for the first time in my life has been probably the biggest milestone for me. Yeah, It's something I always wanted to do, but I, of course our society doesn't really uh, celebrate that, you know, it celebrates more like nine to five work culture and mm-hmm. working people and punching the clock. And so I think being able to be my own boss, create my own schedule, pay myself has been like such a freeing experience for me. Yeah. And that I think is the biggest milestone that I've I've had so far and and I still pinch myself all the time when I think that when I realize that that's my life, you know, it's really, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think is the most important part of your job? I think it's just consistency. You know, I think it's again, for being your own boss, the hardest part about that is figuring out what to do every day because you don't have else telling you what to do. And there's so many little things that need to get done. So for me, setting up some sort of consistency or routine in my week is really important or else I just feel super overwhelmed with like a million things to do. So I think for me, it's like planning regular check-in kind of meetings with my team and I is really helpful. Having regular days of the week where I do a drop, which is every Wednesday night. So it's something I look forward to and I know is going to happen planning, you know, certain days of the week to shoot new pieces, certain days of the week to ship out pieces, like just creating a schedule where there really is none that's already set up for me has been the most helpful part of the job. Then in doing so, it really allows me to have more freedom to do the things that I want to do, which are just source pieces and create and come up with new things. So as long as I kind of like keep myself on track with the routine, then I feel like I have more space and time in the day to focus on the parts of the business that I really do love. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so in terms of your success, what do you sort of like contribute that to? Like, you know, like it's been such a short time frame. Do you think it's because of what you're selecting or do you think it's how you're branding it or a combination of it? Like what contributes to your success? It's another good question. I think it's a combination of things. You know, I think having a really clear voice from the beginning has been really helpful, I've noticed. And I think, again, my background in fashion has been super helpful, just in terms of understanding the way that that industry works and understanding people's kind of wants and needs and the type of imagery that they want to see and how they want to see things on and being able to know how to style pieces well and put them together has been all that's been really helpful. And I think that there's a part of it that's just like an innate understanding of how people want to see things and how people want to shop. And then also just like 
a learning experience of all of my time and energy that I've put into being in the fashion world. So yeah, I think it's a lot of things and it still blows my mind. Part of it's probably a little bit of luck and just like the right people at the right time kind of seeing my pieces and putting them out there into the world and having people receive them well. But it's also been a lot of hard work. You know, I've been at this for a long time. And even before the shop was around, I was like assisting on photo shoots, working like 18 hour days and just having to bust my ass and like work really hard. And I think all of that together has just put this fire under under my belly and like has made me work 10 times harder and put in this like a really intense energy into what I do and how I build it. And I think all of that together has kind of created the success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like what, where do you want to take the brand in the next few years? I think I am really excited about opening up the space because not only do I want it to be a showroom where I can sell my vintage, but I want it to be this kind of modular experience space that's always kind of shifting. So I'd love to be able to have events with people and, you know, maybe like book readings and workshops and things like that. And I just love the idea of creating more and more with other people. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to work with other creatives and, and artisans, both local and around the world is really my main goal. And and I don't really know what the future will hold for Rome, but I just know that as long as I'm being open and continuing to create and continuing to feel inspired that it's going to go in the right direction that it needs to go in. So I, I'm just enjoying the ride, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like it. I, I'm curious because it sounds like you weren't as affected by the pandemic as like maybe other businesses. Do you think that you had to make any like major changes or not really? It's really interesting because the pandemic was such a horrific experience for so many people. And I think it was in different ways. So although my business wasn't affected by it, in fact, I think I really thrived in the last year with online sales, which I definitely thought that I was going to just not have a job at all. As soon as the pandemic started, I didn't think people were going to want to shop at all. And and they did. And I'm really grateful that they did. But I'm grateful that I was able to do so well business-wise last year, but I think it was really challenging in terms of just not being, you know, it felt really isolating. And I yeah. Think like, okay. So that's actually like a pretty good way to segue to the next question, which is really about self-care and spiritual practices and workouts and meditation. Like how do you get centered? I definitely, for me, yoga is a very important part of my practice and centering myself in any sort of like movement or meditation, whether that's like a seated meditation or walking meditation or meditating with like a tea ceremony or any of those things are super important parts of keeping me centered and then helping the creativity kind of flow. And I realized that to kind of call myself out over the last probably year because I've been so busy, I haven't been prioritizing those self-care routines as much. And I've really seen how much easier I fall into burnout and overwhelm. And so I've just in the last month or so have really come to this point of just as much as I prioritize my business, I need to prioritize the self-care part of it as well too, because it's just as essential for my success is is being mentally and physically well because then I'm able to create more and be more 
alert and awake and creative and, and open-minded. So I'm, I'm realizing that I can't really have the success financially or, or business-wise if I'm not also prioritizing my self-care. For sure. What about like sort of like the daily self-care? Like what about like skincare and like baths? Like do you do anything like that? Absolutely. That's one thing that I absolutely do. I mean, I'm a huge bath person. I take one almost every night. And I think that that like kind of is my number one way of decompressing from a busy day is to just like take a bath, light some candles, play some music or listen to a podcast and just like really, truly relax. And I need that. I'm a huge introvert and I really... I'd like to say I'm probably like an extroverted introvert. Like I can be around people and I can socialize and I have to a lot when I'm doing events or like having pop-ups and all these things, but I do get drained pretty easily. And so being able to like come home and unwind and yeah, do like a face mask or take a bath or all of the above is really important for me to kind of like wash off the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And get back into my body and kind of relax my nervous system so that I can start fresh the next day. Are there certain um, skincare products that you like are obsessed with that you've been using recently? Yeah, there are a couple that I really love. I love, gosh, I can't, I don't know if I'm ever pronouncing right. If it's less or lessy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking their about. Their products are really, really great. I love them a lot. I also love Moon Juice. Their acid potion is super, super great. And I've just been using Tata Harper face wash. That's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I always use natural things as much as I possibly can. And yeah, those have been some of the new pieces that I've been really liking. What about some of like the staples that you always have? Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say those are probably the, my main staples that I have. I'm super minimal in terms of skincare. I just kind of believe that a lot of skincare is a result of how you eat and hydrate your body. So mm-hmm. the main thing that I mostly do. But other than that, it's just like, I, th- I would say like the Lessy face serum is probably my number one go-to. Um, I also use this rosehip oil. That's just like one I get in bulk from this store in Highland Park. That's really great. Do you know what it's called? The store is called Wild Terra. The rosehip oil is just what they have on bulk. So I don't even know if there's a brand associated with it. But I love buying things in bulk anyways. Really, really pure and good. And I feel like I've heard rosehip oil is really good for your skin and really good for like clearing up any scars. And I think it's high in vitamin C if I'm not mistaken. And um and I don't it's know. My, kind of, I, I was told it was like a natural, um, what's that acid that the retinol, like it's like kind of has the same oh, yes. effects as like a, as a retinol, but it's like natural. Oh, nice. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. So I want to kind of know also about like your favorite spots in LA when, when you're allowed to venture out, which I guess now you kind of are. Now we are. Yeah. Which is great. So speaking of yoga, I go to Moto Yoga, which is also, I believe, started in Canada. I think it might have a different name out there, the studios out there. But um, I love Moto Yoga, and I go there mostly to the Echo Park location is my favorite. So that's something I like to do with my friends. 
weekends. I also love going to different farmers markets. The Hollywood farmers market is great. Echo Park one is super cute and small. Uh, Santa Monica one is good. There's a whole bunch of good ones. I'm of course being in LA and doing what I do, a huge flea market person. So I go to Rose Bowl every month, um, which is a huge flea market out here. Go to Long Beach flea market as well too, pretty often. So those are is that one good? Like it I is actually that. really good. I, I it started opening up again before Rose Bowl did, you know, towards the end of the pandemic. And so I think a lot of vendors that were going to Rose Bowl, which is traditionally like the number one flea market, at least in California, if not one of the biggest and most popular ones in the States. So I think a lot of the vendors that would typically go to Rose Bowl and other flea markets were starting to go to Long Beach. So it's kind of become, I think, almost just as good. Not quite as large, but also really good. So I love doing things like that. I love going to the beach. Um, there's a lot of great restaurants here in LA that I like to go to. Ms. Lala is this Israeli restaurant in my neighborhood in West Adams, which is where my showroom is. That's delicious. Ms. Lala's? Ms. Lala, M-I-Z-L-A-L-A. It's one That's word. Funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> super, super good. There's there's so much like interesting cuisine out here. I love going to museums and galleries. Do you have a favorite gallery that you like to go to? Yeah, I would say, well, Hauser and Wirth is great. And that's in the arts district. That's a really good one. In terms of museums, I like going to LACMA. I like going to the Getty just because it's super beautiful up there. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to go up there. I haven't actually been in quite a while, but it's such a, a cool experience. It really is with the tram. Like yeah, the tram. So cool. <laughs> it. It's like a whole day experience. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And so I'm kind of curious also about what are you most looking forward to for like the near and near future? I'm looking forward to being able to connect more with people in person and you know, whether that be my friends or other people in my industry or clients and customers. I'm just looking forward to more face-to-face time with people because I think we all really need that. And and that's starting to happen again a little bit. And I'm already seeing a real shift in my mood and, uh, you know, other people's moods. And I just realize how deeply important connection is. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the showroom opening up and being able to have people over there and have this little space where I can create and collaborate with other creatives. Um, And yeah, I'm looking forward to travel again soon. I went to Mexico two months ago, which was amazing. Where in Mexico? I was in Oaxaca and Mexico City. Oh, very fun. Yeah, I've been to Mexico City quite a bit. I really, really love it there. Um, It's my first time in Oaxaca. It was amazing. But I'm looking forward to some more travel as well, too, as soon as that becomes a possibility. And just being out in the world more. I think we all really need it. Mm-hmm. If people don't know or don't already follow you, like where can they find you? So I'd say the best place to start would be on my website, which is Rome, R-O-A-M dash vintage.com. I also am on Instagram at rome.vintage. And those are probably the two best places to find me out. And then once my, um, if you're ever in Los Angeles, once my showroom is open, that will be in West Adams. And if you go on my website, I'll be setting up a interface to book appointments to come visit 
and yeah. And I'll, That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'll definitely come visit. Please do. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. I, I'm super looking forward to seeing like how everything evolves with you and like the store and the showroom and everything. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have you come by. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, All of Natasha's information is included in the show notes, so be sure to check all that good stuff out. And we will be back next week. Have a good one.